Okay, hello, welcome to episode 258 of Sack King's Therapy. Uh, I am coming to you solo today once again. Um, this one actually, not be, it is not Fong's fault. Um, he did offer to record. I unfortunately was absolutely gassed after the game because me and him, we were there live. Um, we watched... Uh, the Thunder versus the Kings, where the Kings win 118-113. to 113. The score was close. It, it's close, but it kind of wasn't as close as it looked. I'll get into it. But yeah, after the game, we went out to eat eat dinner, and I was just gassed uh, after the game. I actually um, was sick, unfor unfortunately, as well. Um, I, I, don't worry, for those of you that, you know, that say, oh, you're spreading sickness. I was wearing double mask. I was protecting everybody. Everybody say that I stayed the hell away from people and just kind of sat in my seat and just tried to cheer as much as possible, you know, with like lack of energy. And yeah, no, I did. I did test uh, for COVID. I did test negative. So I am fine on that end. It's probably just the cold. Uh, so if you can hear it in my voice, uh, yeah, that's pretty much why. Um, so, you know. Yeah, well, I was I was feeling a little down after the game. Uh, just had no energy left, and uh, yeah, unfortunately, um, could not record with Fall. And he is a uh, he's busy for today, which uh, I'm recording the next day because needed to get some sleep. So you know, you're not gonna hear Fall uh, this time. It's not his fault. This one's all me, and uh, I will try my best to truck through uh, this episode or at least this part. Um, so you're hearing the first parts where i'm gonna go over the okc game uh after the commercial break you will be hearing about the sixers game which has not happened yet as of this recording so you know i'm gonna save that for a little bit anyways okay so uh we were at the game live it, it was a fun game and it was close throughout and the, the kings they edge out a very 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 tough okc team and i'll get into just what makes them so tough so um so let, let, let's start with this they get a good win um and this is how it started um the thunder came out just smoking hot in the first half like i think it was i think the score was like 9-0 or like 7-0 before like the Kings scored their first bucket it looked like it was heading towards a blowout territory it, it's a theme with this king's team they just take a little bit to get going anyways they, they start to get going like they they score so the score was what 33 to 32 at, at the end of the first at the end of the first quarter king's offense was flowing and like they were getting good shots they were attacking the paint but in the second quarter well actually like it started in the first but it continued in the second quarter the thunder were just smoking hot from three they shot 12 for 21 from three while the Kings just missed a bunch of open looks, um, they were four for 18 from three. So if you count that, that's 12 threes to four threes for the Kings. And that is what? That is 24. I'm pretty sure that's the number. I, I, I'm having, I'm struggling to think right now. The sickness is kind of getting to me, but that's 20, that's a 24 point difference from the three point line. And like the, the thing was a lot of these shots by the Thunder, they weren't great shots. They were actually taking the same kinds of shots that the that the Kings were taking. It just so happens the Kings were making them. Like the Thunder would just you know dribble hand dribble handoff, and a guy would just you know jack up an early three, and it would go in. 
and the Kings would do the same on the other end, and it just wouldn't go in. And that was basically the difference in the game. Now, you, you I just told you, 24-point difference from behind the arc. The Kings were only down seven at halftime, which is pretty incredible if you think about it. Again, 24-point difference behind the arc. So how, how were the Kings close? The Kings were close because they attacked the paint, and they got a bunch of free throws. If you look at the final tally, I don't have the fine, I don't have the first half tally for how many free throws, but the Kings shot 28 free throws while the Thunder for the game only shot 11. They simply just did not get fouls and or the Thunder, I mean, it just they relied a lot on that three-point three-pointer. And the second half starts and for the rest of the game, so I told you they shot 12 for 21. They finished they uh, they shot 12 for 21 in the first half from three. They finished 16 for 40. So that so they shot four for 19 for the rest of the game. So they they cooled down while the Kings they shot four for 18 from three in the first half and they finished 12 of 38. So that's eight for 26, I believe. No, wait. God damn it. Oh, no, uh, 8 for 20. So not a great percentage by any means, but like, you know, around, what is that, 40%, I believe? Yeah, the 50% is 10. Yeah, so 40% from for the rest of the game. And that was basically how they got back into the game. They also con continuously attacked the paint. While the Thunder just weren't, they, they just weren't able to get into the paint consistently. And of course, they cooled down from three, you know, majorly. And that was basically how the Kings won this game. And they stuck to their game plan. They attacked the rim, and they just kind of let the off, let the three pointer come to them, and instead of like forcing up shots, which is honestly what I prefer. I prefer them for them to not just jack up as many threes as as humanly possible. And they simply just stuck to stuck to their game plan, and that's how and that's how they ended up winning this game. Another reason why they why they um why they won this game was because Keegan Murray. The, the fourth quarter, it, the Kings were up three going into it, and they had a teeny bit of a cushion. But the Thunder, I told you, they're a tough, 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 tough team, and they kept fighting. And it became a bit of a – it became kind of a shooting battle in the fourth quarter. And basically, it was Keegan Murray versus the rest of the Oklahoma City Thunder from the three-point line. And Keegan basically outdueled the, the, the entire Oklahoma City, the, uh, Oklahoma City Thunder from the three-point line. And he gave him he gave him enough of a cushion for the Kings to just win this game. The base should have just won this one in a blowout, but you know it got a little hairy at the end. But they got they took care of business, and Keegan Murray was basically the difference. You know, it was a shootout, and the Thunder blinked first, and that's how they won. So overall, just terrific, terrific game to be there live. Just good to see the Kings like come out and just play. Like they, it is a theme with them that they come get off to these close, these like bad starts. But at least in the last few games against, you know, like lower tier teams like Thunder, I really love. They're a tough team, still not a good team by any means. Um, and against these kinds of teams, like they, they can afford to start a little slow and slowly find their rhythm. And the fact that they were able to kind of stick to their game plan shows you a little bit of mental toughness to them. Like it was looking kind of bleak. In, in the first half, like the Thunder was just scorching hot from three, but they kind of just they kind of just stuck to their game plan. They did their thing on offense, and basically they kind of just said they're not going to shoot twelve for twenty one in the second half, and yeah, they did not. So you know, credit credit to the Kings for you know staying tough and just you know win, winning a game that you 
I don't know if this is a game they should win because in years past, this is the kind of game that gets them, you know, a quote unquote lower tier team, but what, but they, they play hard and they have a star and the Kings just struggle to contain either one. And, you know, they lose in a blowout, but not this Kings team. They have, they have a game plan. They can stick to it and they can execute. And that's what they did this game to, in order for them to win. Fun, it was a really fun environment. You know, the crowd, the crowd was terrific. Lots of OKC fans, actually, in, in the arena. Like, lots of Shea jerseys. I saw some Giddy jerseys. Yeah, we had we had see these OKC fans behind us. It was pretty fun. It was pretty fun. Like, it's, it's just a nice environment. And it's good that we got to see the beam again. Because last time I went to uh, the Wizards game, it was a shit show. So, you know, it, it's, good to, it's good to get that good mojo back. The Kings win their sixth in a row. You know, there could be a chance like they could win seven in a row tonight against the Sixers. We'll see if that happens, but it, it's good to see the Kings get on track. Like their offense, like they've, again, it, there is a grade of salt you could take with these games because, you know, again, Thunder are a good team or like a, a pretty, a tough team, like I like to call them. But, you know, they're a lower tier team. Let's see if they can do this against you know, a good team in the Philadelphia 76ers. As much as I don't like the Philip the, the I as much as I don't like the 76ers, they're a good team. Let's see if they can do this against, you know, a team like Philadelphia with an absolute superstar in Joel Embiid and a very and still a great player in uh, James Harden. So we'll see tonight if they can kind of keep this up. Okay. Let's go. Let's just kind of go through some of the players. So I'll start with uh I'll start with the OKC. We got to start with Shea. Shea is a Shea's a legit star. Like there, he absolutely just torched the Kings. He was the only guy that could get to the rim, um, like consistently and like finish, um, on the Thunder, which was kind of why they actually lost this game because they didn't really have anyone else to really do that. And once they cooled off from three, like it basically had to be Shea, like all the way. And Shea did that. He he is he's a bucket, and he will get his get his buckets by any means necessary. I actually got kind of frustrated because like they would just like they wouldn't they would kind of shadow him, but they wouldn't outright double him. And Shea is is a mid range assassin, and like he'll get to his spots and he's gonna get those buckets. And I just thought they should have just they should have just blitzed them and just lay, literally make anyone else beat beat them. Now it didn't cost them this game, but yeah, he just he's just he's just a problem. Like you know, as much as like we, we want De'Aaron in, in the All Star game over Shea, Shea's gonna get over him because like Shea thirty seven point seven assists, just an absolute monster out there. Like he is gonna get he's gonna get his, and it's gonna be on the rest of the team to be able to kind of complement him. And, and unfortunately, they just, they just didn't in the second half. They just did not hit any threes, and. The Kings won, and the Kings did, and that's how they won this game. <laughs> um, Jalen Williams, I loved Jalen Jalen Williams in, in the draft. I don't know if I, I don't know if you, you know, it gets talked about enough. Like seven two wingspan can handle the ball, and like can pass, and you know, theoretically is a good shooter. Like his form is a little bit funky to me, a, a little bit just like his offhand and some like something with his fingers. But he, he's a good player, and he's only going to get better. And he is—he has all the tools to become like good, really, really good. Like I honestly, I see his floor as D'Angelo Russell. Honestly, like maybe a, I'm, I may be overreacting a little bit, but a guy that 
just handles the ball, can pass, can like create. Or like maybe DeLon Wright is probably like the best kind of uh, comparison because DeLon is really long and, you know, just a, a good guard who just kind of does his job and can score when needed. Now, right now, he's still a little bit, he can get a little out of control. He had some, he has some drives to the rim where he just went a little too fast and just kind of threw it off the backboard and, you know, it was nowhere close. But once he learns how to control, control his pace, like he's going to be really good because he has good feel. He has, he has hand, he has a handle. And yeah, he's going to be a good player. Uh, you know, you talk about great passers. Like Giddy is an amazing passer. He has like incredible feel. He can't shoot from three. That's his big issue. But he has good touch on floaters. And there was even like a play where like he went behind the, like just so smooth. Like he gets into the lane and throws a behind the back uh, pass that ends up out of bounds. It's not even his fault. His teammate wasn't ready for it. And yeah, he's, he's going to be really, really, he's going to be really, really good. As long as he can just kind of get a decent three point shot, he he may have won this game, but like the shot is a bit is a bit funky looking, and you know if he, like once he kind of gets it, I think he can be really good because he has really good touch going to the basket. He has a really nice floater. Um, he's not like crazy explosive or like quick, but he is like big for like a ball handler. So like he can kind of bully his way to the rim maybe. But he, I I like Giddy. Um, it's just a shame he can't shoot, but you know, no, no one's perfect, I guess. Um, Lugans Dort, I was kind of surprised of just how ineffective he was on offense. He hit a few threes, he hit three threes, but again, in the second half, just I, I don't know if he hit any in the second half. Actually, I, I could I could check the box score. No, I'm not gonna, but like he he was just he's really bad driving like he gets out of control way too easily i talk about jalen williams like you you can forgive jalen williams because he's a first year player Dort is what Dort was with chris paul so it's been a few years like like a third year fourth year pro at this point and he's still like driving to the rim out of control a lot and you know the jumper is inconsistent for the most part he hit three three out of five this game but like the jumper is inconsistent just not all that, not a very, not a great offensive player. Like he, he needs to kind of, either his finishing needs to get better or he needs to just slow down on drives. He, get out of control. he gets out of control way too easily, just way too often for my liking. However, he was very good on defense. You can tell, the, the way you can tell someone is a good defender is when an elite offensive player is hesitant to attack him. And you can tell like Fox did not want to attack him one-on-one -on -one a lot of the time. Like he had, he had a really nice step back um, at the end of the, uh, at the, at the end of the third as a buzzer beater had a step back three on him. But like, you know, he need like Fox needed a screen to just kind of lose him. Cause like Dort is, he puts on so much pressure on the ball. Like, you know, he ended up fouling out, but I thought he was, I thought he was fine for the most part, but like the offense is confusing to me. It's just, how are you like this far into your career when you're a role player? you're still like this bad at finishing but that's just me um overall i do like dort though um another guy i really like isaiah joe like i don't i'll be honest don't know much about him i just know that philly released him or they waived him for apparently cap flexibility or like i think they have an extra roster spot if i remember right and you know like they kind of fucked up on this one because Isaiah Joe's good. He's a knockdown shooter. Seven of twelve from three. Basically, the the their best three point shooter. And yeah, he torched it. He torched the Kings like just from the three point line all night. All yeah, seven of thirteen and seven of twelve from three.
Like this guy's a knockdown shooter. And you know, I'm just saying, like, the Sixers could use him, but like in a limited role, it might be a little tough. But like, why did they just let him go? It was just it's just weird to me. But Isaiah Joe, that's a guy to keep an eye on. Um, so boat okay, let, let's get to the Kings. Uh Sabonis, incredible yet again. He got a triple double. He like when when I saw that he had 10 assists and 10 points, and then I was at eight rebounds at the time. Um, I said, like in the third quarter, he's gonna get his triple double, and that's when he got the, the triple double. If I'm if I'm right, in the third, in the middle, like towards the end of the third, um, you know, he he ran the offense, he set Gubs guys up beautifully, um, ended the game with 14 assists, um, and yeah, just you know, he what what else can be said about him? Like he just he just comes in, he does his work. Did have six turnovers. Like there there was some sloppy ones. I. I bet you a lot of those were in the first quarter when they were a bit out of sync. But overall, I thought he did a great job of setting guys up. He even did like a Jokic moon ball type pass to Keegan Murray for a for a for a foul. So it wasn't an assist. But yeah, he's getting more and more comfortable, even like being kind of being kind of like the hub of the offense. And yeah, just getting better every day. There's there's just nothing you can really say bad about him. The only thing I although I will say this game, I wish he attacked the cent the quote unquote centers on the OKC Thunder um, a little bit more because they were tiny. And, like, Jalen Williams actually did print the, uh, the one from, I think, Arkansas. Like, I thought – I think he, like – I thought he did a decent enough job on him. But, like, it was because Sabonis just didn't attack him enough. And that was, like, the only thing. Like, he did not score much, like, a lot. And, you know, 18 points is a good amount of points. But, you know, five for only nine shot attempts, like – Sabonis needs to probably score a little bit more for this team to kind of take another step, but it just doesn't seem to be in this nature. And like a lot of like his post-ups, like just, it just ended in him passing out, even though, even when he had an advantage, although I will say the refs were a bit weird this game with when he made an offensive move, like they call like a hook on him. They, they call like charges on it. And like, they did not give him a lot of calls when he drove to the rim. So like maybe it was a little hesitant there, but Hey, like you're, you know, he's he's gonna be an all star th- this year, and you know you got to be able to punish Jalen Williams. Like he, he he was tiny, he's not strong enough to hold on to him. Like he needed to attack him more. That was the only thing I, I could say about him. All right, the player of the game, Keegan Murray, his best game as a pro: twenty nine points and fourteen rebounds. He was he rebounded like a madman this game. You know. There was even one play where he just straight up ripped the ball away from an OKC player. It might have been Kenrich Williams or something. He just literally ripped it away from him. And yeah, that's what the kind of grown man shit that you want to see from a young player. And you know, his 13 points in the fourth quarter, he had three threes in in the in the fourth quarter. And you know, by the by the time he hit the third one, I just wondered why the hell is he open? He's the guy that's absolutely torching you right now. You got to stick to him. But hey, the Thunder just left him open and he cashed in and he and he also had a beautiful little finger roll to basically ice the game uh, to uh, for the Kings to go up 10 to, ba- to basically ice the game with about a minute left. Yeah, just his best game as a pro, 29 points again and 14 rebounds. Just, you know, he, he's finding his rhythm and he's going to be really good like going forward. Like this is his baseline. And, you know, he's only going to get better from now on. This His ceiling is is an interesting debate. But like he's got the feel, he like he's already like producing at a very limited role, and you know he's gonna get better on defense, and he, he's gonna probably add a handle at some point. And once he adds a handle, that's gonna be interesting what he becomes. I'll, I'll just say that. Uh, De'Aaron Fox, 
Now, he didn't have an explosion in the fourth, but he but he did like score like he did get buckets when the Kings needed it. And I thought this game he played he was good on defense. Hold on. <coughs> A little cough there. He didn't explode in the fourth. He didn't explode in the fourth by any means, but you know, he, he did his job. Um but I thought he was really good on defense overall. Like I thought he defended Shea pretty well. It's just that you can't def- you can't defend Shea one on one. Like he's a big guard, and like he just kind of he just kind of j- went right at De'Aaron. And I just thought that I just thought the team needed to just defend him as soon as like he got into the paint. Like they just needed to like sc- like um, blitz him on pick and rolls and just make anyone else beat you. But they did single coverage, and I thought Fox did a pretty good job on most possessions and Davion as well. But like Shea is just too damn good, like to be able to def- be defended one on one. Um, so I thought, so I thought like Fox, you know, did a good, did a decent enough job matching him, like in terms of scoring. Like he scored 25 points and two assists, Shea had 30, 37. So it's not exactly like, you know, there's no contest there. But I thought he did a pretty good job of matching him when the, when the Kings needed it. <laughs> now, I will say that he only had two assists. But I felt like De'Aaron had quite a few passes where it led to uh, where it led to fouls, and the guy definitely should have finished it. Like Trey Lyles had one where De'Aaron delivers it to him beautifully, and he just doesn't finish doesn't finish the layup. He he ends up making both free throws, but like you know, the two assists is a bit deceiving. I thought I thought he did, I thought he did a good job moving the ball. He's not exact. He's the he's not a ball hog by any means. Like he he did his job. And you know it's just too bad. Like his teammates didn't finish a lot of his uh, passes. <laughs> um, Kevin Herter was the defensive player of the game with six deflections. I thought he was just a, a presence uh, all over the game. Now he didn't shoot great, like two for seven from three. That although he did get into get into like the lane for shots, but you know he just he's just a solid overall defender, and you know. He's a really like sneaky. He's a really good team defender. His on-ball defense is a bit questionable, but like he can do some like sneaky things in there. Like every now and then, get his hands on balls. I get six deflections, DPOG, and you know he's a, just an overall very very smart player who knows how to play in a good team environment. And yeah, I thought I thought he played well. He just he just missed some open shots. Like when he hits, it, like if he had hit just a few more shots, like this game would have been a blowout. But yeah, Kevin Herter I thought was overall really good. And one thing I forgot to mention with uh, Fox, really bad from the free throw line th- this game, three for seven, and I think he missed his last four. So it, something's going on. Like you know, he's been shooting a lot better from the free throw line this year, but you know, sometimes he, like when he misses, you really do feel it. Um, but yeah, he Fox needs to get back on track from the free throw line. <laughs> um, Herder, um, yeah, he, I just I just thought he had uh, the two threes that he hit were big threes. I- I'll just say that. Um, Trey Lyles, like, continues to just be reliable, came, came in, seven points, five rebounds, and, you know, like, put, put points on, put points on the board when, whenever, like, he, whenever he was given the opportunity, just overall, really, really good bench player, and he's been the most reliable off the bench for the past few games, uh, we'll get to another guy, but, you know, uh, Davion Mitchell, really limited minutes, but I thought he was really good, like, they put him on Shea, and I thought, like, you know, he, made it a he gave he was a pain in the ass in Shea to Shea and just you know just kind of really made him work for his buckets he still got buckets because Shea's you know five inches taller than him so there's nothing Davion can do there but Davion was a disruptor but he did really get limited minutes 11 minutes but you know he had a three 
and he had a really nice cut like off a of Malik pass. Like he's he's finding his niche on, on on this team, and you know you just hope like he he gets more and more comfortable. And again, he he can be like a secret weapon that the Kings deploy to kind of really really slow down attackers. I just wish they would deploy him more. Uh, Malik Monk. He he's in a shooting slump. He's a, he can't hit anything from three. His mechanics look, look looked a little off this game too. Like his shot, I thought looked a little flat. But hey, you know, despite struggling from from three, he had, still had five assists. He's still a really good playmaker, and the shot will come back. And you know, in the meantime, just trying to attack the rim more. That's a and hopefully he'll find his rhythm sooner or later. You know, it, I I think I think he'll bust out of it. You know, as soon as you know, pretty soon. But. You know, because it just seems like all the shooters um, go through some sort of slump when you're on the Kings for whatever reason. But I think he will find it. And, you know, he's still finding ways to produce. He, although, again, limited minutes, only 16 minutes this game. But he did help when he was out there. <laughs> okay, that's all I have for this game. Um, um, one thing I do want to sh- do, uh, shout out to B-Ball Breakdown for his breakdown on the Kings. Calls it the best offense in the league right now. So, yeah, go go take a look. I've, I've watched. This, he, I basically grew up with B-Ball Breakdown. I watched him like way back in the day, basically when he started. Um, yeah, he's been one of my favorite channels. I don't love some of the weird stuff that clickbait, like title stuff that he does, like Alfred Shingun is could be better than Jokic. Alfred Shingun is good. He's not, I don't think he's going to be as good as Jokic, but whatever. Anyways, he, uh, uh, check out the, check out B-Ball Breakdown's uh, King, King's video. I think it's the first one he's made in a while. So yeah, go go check that out. Um, and last thing I want to just quickly go over, the Shannon Sharp fiasco. Just him getting into it with Dylan Brooks and angering the entire uh, Grizzlies bench. Like, just what the fuck? Why? Like, and then, and then you know, he's threatening to, like, fight Team Moran. Like, just talking shit. They were good after the game and all. Dylan Brooks, I think, still doesn't really like him. But at the same time, it's just like, what in the hell? Like, first of all, like him just like instigating the entire bench. First of all, you're not gonna fight. I definitely don't think he was gonna fight. You know, Stephen Adams. Now a lot of people are like saying like, oh, Stephen Adams will beat his ass. Shannon Sharp's a big ass dude too. Like he's 53, but he is a former NFL player. It is a big dude. Like I don't know. I, I, Stephen Adams probably wins that fight, but let's be honest, none of you are gonna fight. And just what the hell? Why did you instigate the entire bench? Just sit there, enjoy the game, talk a little shit, and shut and shut the fuck up. Like you, like you're there to watch them play. That's what you're gonna do. And you sometimes like fans in the front row, you just sit down and shut the fuck up and enjoy the game. I'm sorry, like I, I don't have much sympathy for Shannon Sharp in this situation. It's just a whole lot of what the fuck is going on. And it was such a, it was so stupid that it t- basically almost overshadowed. The fact that the Grizzlies blew that game to the Lakers, they were, I forgot what they were up. They were, I think they were up eight with the three minutes to go. And I think they were up up double digits at the beginning of the fourth quarter. And they, they just ended up blowing the game. And like the Lakers, like they, they did their, they did their job to like blow to, you know, they did their job to not win this game. Like they missed threes, they missed free throws and somehow you still lose to them. It's, man grizzlies come on guys at the same time to be a little positive the lake lakers did did knock them down and now the kings are what i think four and a half games behind as opposed to like you know um like five games behind so that's pretty cool i guess but what the fuck grizzlies 
like I, I was actually hoping like if the Kings could keep this winning streak alive uh, by the time they come in on Monday, like it could be streak versus streak, but that will be no more. So any, yeah, just the weird situation overall, just like Shannon Sharp and any fans that, that kind of like get in the front row, like shut the fuck up. Like just enjoy the damn game. Don't be starting shit with people and just, what like what did he say like it, apparently it was just like a lot of fuck you fuck you to dylan brooks and dylan brooks fuck you back to shannon apparently that got him going i don't know it, it's just a it's just a weird situation if, if you're a fan relax don't don't be yelling shit at the players you know ha have a little fun talk a little shit but don't let it get to that point that, that's just that was just stupid i don't know what the hell was going on Okay, all right. After the commercial break, you'll be hearing uh, me talk about the Philadelphia 76er game. All right, well, that was a that was a pretty that, like is it a bad loss? I would say that's a pretty bad loss because um, the Sixers were without Joel Embiid and Harden, so you know without their two stars, you would think the Kings would have an easier time, and in a way, they kind of did. So. Uh, let's start with just a recap of the game. So the Kings jump out to a crazy lead of 21 points in, I believe, like in the middle of the second quarter. Just everything was going their way. The loose balls were going their way. Three balls were falling. It's just, and the Sixers just looked out of sorts, honestly. Like they looked like they were on the second night of a back-to-back, -back, which I'll get to that in a little bit. But Basically, they just they just looked off and they just couldn't get anything going and the, everything was going the Kings' way. I have a note here, like, I'm used to the Kings looking like this in the first quarter where they look just at, like, lack of energy, lack of urgency, and just things not going their way. And then, and then close to the end of the second quarter, they're... Basically, during this entire first half, I had actually said this in my notes... Basically, any time that the Sixers got a stop, it was a fast, it was a bucket the other end. The Kings' defense was just awful, and that's where you can kind of see maybe the Kings were just a little, a little tired. But in, on offense in the first half, they looked great, but it did mask the issue where their transition defense was terrible, and they just like any time like the Sixers got a stop, it was a bucket the other end, and then in the half court, it wasn't exactly a much better. And so they end the they end the uh, they end the second the second quarter with a banked in three from Daniel House. Um, and oh, by the way, I'll, I'll mention this. I don't want to talk about it too much. I hope I hope he's okay. But Chemezi Metsu looks like he injured his knee. Um, in, in the second quarter, I don't know what happened. Like it's hard to see what happened. And uh, yeah, hopefully he's just okay. But um, the yeah the second quarter closes on a Daniel House uh, three to cut it to ten. And then, and then, the third quarter happens. Now, I don't have how many points he scored in the quarter. It could have been 20 for all I know. But um, Tyrese Maxey just turned it on, basically. He he was a problem. He got to the basket, um, and he made, he made some ridiculous threes to get the team going, and basically just willed his team almost single-handedly back in the game. And, you know, the Kings... So they were 9 of 21 in the first half from three. They finished the game 13 for 33. So if you want to do the math, that's 4 for 12, which honestly isn't the worst percentage. You know, 33% is not good by any means, but it shows you that once the Kings cooled off from, from three, 
it was a problem because now their defense was front and center of just how bad it was. You know, again, Sixers get a stop. It's a it's a fast break the other way, and the half court and the half court defense not much better. And the the Sixers w- took a lead going into the third or going into the fourth after trailing by ten at the start of the quarter, thirty eight points in the third quarter and twenty two points uh, for the Kings in the quarter. So the fourth quarter then happens. It's like. So here's basically what happened. The Kings kind of just matched they they matched the Sixers bucket for bucket for much of the uh for much of the quarter, but the, they just could not get a stop. They could not get a rebound or like when they got a stop they couldn't get a rebound. The Sixers had 16 offensive rebounds this game. They had they have 45 rebounds total. The Kings 29 rebounds. Because they they just got they just kind of got punked on that end uh, like the like Trez just you forget because like he's kind of just bounced around the league he's just not been as effective he's you know he was on the Hornets I believe last year and the Wizards where he just wasn't as effective the man is still a beast like he still uh, he was he was going at Sabonis and he was able to move Sabonis and Sab- Sabonis like is one of those guys that you just do not go at in the post. He's too damn strong down there for you to, for like, um, you know, except for like the brutes of the league to really be able to abuse that. But man, Montrez was a monster. Just, you know, like really, really fighting for rebounds. Like in the fourth quarter, it was so hard for Sabonis to get a defensive rebound because he, he would just be all over Sabonis and Sabonis had trouble keeping him out, out from the rebounds. And, yeah, like he was just being a beast down there. And you know, there were other there were a lot of other moments where the Kings just, you know, didn't get the couldn't get the rebound off the off like a long rebound. And guys just, you know, would just miss shots and would go right back to go right back to um the offense or right back to the offense. Like Paul Reed had four fouls. Um Niang had two for no reason. Shake Milton had two. DeAnthony Melton had two. And it's just like, yeah, they just could not secure a rebound. Like that's those are kind of the big things like you need to be able to do to get stops you know the the kings did their job on the offensive end like you know it's not like they were terrible from three but again four for 12 not a terrible number but when you're not shooting lights out like you were in the first half all these issues come to the surface and you know if they rear their ugly head to say the least so in the fourth quarter the kings match bucket for bucket but they just could not get the requisite stops uh, enough stops that is and and like they couldn't secure the rebound after after the stop but still they were down three with uh i think about five seconds to go matisse dibbles gifts them a foul at the three-point line for three free throws harrison barnes misses the first and makes the second and then misses the third on purpose there's a lot of contact on the rebound, but no call. Honestly, I, I I don't know if it was a foul or not. Even Katie, even Katie, like Katie was saying, like, you know, there's no look. That's a no call to me. So that's good with me, I guess. I I, I don't know what to say about that, but yeah, the Kings just kind of blew kind of blew this game. You, you had a 21 point lead, everything was rolling in your favor, and you just couldn't close it out. And this again shows you that this defense really needs a lot of work. They're just, they're you're, when you're not shooting lights out, you can't. You're just gonna. You're gonna lose a lot of games because you're just not doing enough on the other end to you know stop the bleeding. You can't always rely on just scoring. Like as I mentioned, you know you do the work beforehand, 
Like it's great, it's great that Fox is scoring so many points in the fourth, but you do the work beforehand, you don't end up having to rely on it. And Fox had a really good fourth quarter. I believe like 14 points or 12 points in the fourth quarter for 31 points total. That's a really good game. But you know, you you, you maybe just just stop Tyrese Maxi from just getting so many easy buckets. You're in a better position, you know. Like one thing I've really felt that Mike Brown just needed to do, put Davion in because you know Fox Fox was could not guard Maxi. Granted, no one could really guard Maxi. It's not a it's not a Fox problem, but like you need Davion on him just to put him in there and his sole purpose is to just put some pressure and just wear out Tyrese Maxi. Maxi played 41 minutes. You don't think like you know, having Davion on him for 21 minutes or like 20 or so minutes would make it a lot harder on him. You know, maybe he still scores as much, but, you know, just make it make him work harder for it so he doesn't just absolutely torch you every single time. You know, that, that's kind of the that's kind of the only thing I'll, I'll say about this game that I thought Mike Brown needed to do. He just needed to put Davion on it. Davion only played 12 minutes. Like, in a game where you have a guard that just is absolutely going off, I think it makes sense to put in Davion Mitchell. Like, for example, Mike Brown put in uh, Malik Monk to start the quarter. Sure, but like, sure, he didn't have a great game. I thought he I thought he was good to start, but, you know, in the second half, he didn't really do anything. Like, you know, sure, when you start start the quarter, fine, because Maxie's not playing, but as soon as Maxie checks in, put in Davion Mitchell, just slowly wear him out. And, you know, that was that, that was just the thing. And, you know, it really just take, takes away from, you know, De'Aaron. Like, you know, he had an incredible scoring game. He really did, and, and especially in the fourth quarter. And, unfortunately, no one's ever going to talk about it. And we're not going to talk about, you know, Barnes going six for nine from three because, again, the defense was just so bad. Like, it just is so bad that it actually sinks you. It, it, it It's the reason why they lost this game is what I'm trying to say. And... You know the Kings. The Kings need to fix their defense. Their offense, it, it's it's there, like it's working. And you know, don't do too much to change that. But you know, find a way to shore up, like just some just the rim protection. Like again, Mo Bamba is the easiest answer. I don't know who he, if he is, just because I don't I don't know if he's any good, honestly. But you know that like that's the kind of idea of a guy that you want next to Sabonis. And yeah, you're just you're just gonna need to be better on defense. And hopefully. By next game, when you face the Grizzlies, you bring it on defense. Well, we'll see how that goes. They're on a second night of a back-to-back. Kings are not good against teams on the second night of a back-to-back. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But quickly go through some players. Uh, Sabonis had a decent enough game, but he really struggled against Montrezl Harrell, which is a, a like, which is a sentence I never thought I would say. Like I just thought he. I don't know why he just did not attack him at all. Like he, you know, not, not, not trying to be not, not trying to disrespect Trez, but like Trez is too small. Like you got, you got to attack him. I know he's strong, but like, he's not a defensive player. He's not really going to do much against you or, but, and you just don't attack him. Like Sabonis, every time, like he, he tried to attack Montrez, he was looking to pass and, you know, it led to like a shot clock violation on one possession where you're just like, just, just score on him. Like he's, he can't stop you. So that, that's the only thing I'll say about him. Harrison Barnes had a really, really good game. It, it's unfortunate he missed that the that one free throw um, to basically on the series of three free throws to tie the game. That was like one of his only, I guess, bad moments. But 
Overall, I thought it was a really good game. It's unfortunate no one will ever talk about it because they lost this game. Keenan Murray was good, played 41 minutes on the second half of back-to-back, hit a hit a really nice hit three threes and a really clutch three. Um, you know, to cut the lead to one um with what 10 seconds to go or something. I forgot. But yeah, he I thought he had a good game. Just you know, it, a lot of this unfortunately just kind of goes into the ether because they didn't win this game. De'Aaron Fox, again, just spectacular. 12, I think I think it was 12, 12 points in the fourth. You know, he's missed their fourth quarter and he's proving it every night. Kevin Herter, um, he was he was overall really good. Um, you know, eight for 12, um, 20 points. It just wasn't enough. They just needed a, a, just like one or two more threes to go down and, you know, they would have won this game. But it is what it is. Sometimes it happens. Um, Trey didn't really do much this game. The only the only play I'm going to remember from him is just there was a series where I forgot who it was, but I think it was uh, Sabonis. Sabonis misses two free throws, and then Trey Lyles gets fouled on the next play, misses two free throws. And basically it went in what should have been like a tie game, ends up being with the Kings down, I think, five or six because of it. And it's just one of those like you know momentum killing time, those soul killing uh, moments in the game that you know just it really sucks the air out out of the out of the crowd. You know, like that's the only thing I remember from that Trey did. Jamezi Metu, I hope he's fine. It looked like a, a knee injury. I hope it's not like an ACL or anything. Like that's what I always think when like guys like you know you grab onto their knee. I hope he's okay. Um, Rashawn Holmes, you know, in six minutes, he filled in basically for Chemezi Metu. I thought he was really good. He made some defensive plays. He finished, he finished, uh, plays that Malik's Malik set him up for. And I think Fox sent him up for a, a, a shot too, but I thought he was, I thought he was really good in his minutes. You know, you just wish he, he could play a little bit more, but you know, with Sabonis playing, he's just not going to get the opportunity, but I thought he was good in his minutes. Davion only 12 minutes. I just wish he played more. Just put him on Maxi and just have him wear out Maxi was the only thing I asked. I hope he just gets more minutes. He's been getting like, you know, in the tent in the teens lately, not even 20 minutes. Again, he's kind of he's kind of the king's secret weapon. And you use him, especially against a guy like Tyrese Maxi, their main form of offense. Um, Malik Monk, he, he, I thought he was good in the first half. It just and then he kind of petered out the rest of the game. Three for ten from the field for nine points. Had three assists, which was good, but you know, I I just don't know why he played over Davion um, in crunch time, honestly. Okay, on the Sixers side, look, Tyrese Maxey, not, not enough can be said about him. Just the just just up, he's a beast. He's a beast to say the least. You know, the Kings faced two really really tough guys at the point guard position in these past two games, and Maxey. Even though he didn't score as much as Shea, just as dangerous, just as aggressive, just like he shot 12 for 29. It did not feel like it felt like he was 12 for like 18 or something. He just he just got to the rim at will and just was a monster. Um, Tobias Harris fouled out, but like when he did play, like he didn't he only played 25 minutes because of foul trouble. Like 17 points. He was actually really good when he played. It's it's just I guess it's a shame that he just fouled out. Just a really it's a it was a really weird ref refing game. Like you could say like Sacramento got the got the like a kind whistle on a lot of plays, but uh, there were a lot of little touch fouls that uh Sacramento got, and then there were some weird ones on the other end uh, against the Kings. So it is what it is. Montrez still a monster despite being like what six 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 seven at, at best. 
just like a fucking a fucking he's a dog to say the least just a just a beast of a man you know just a guy that just fights so hard and then you know it's just it's just bring he really leaves it all out on the court like there's nothing you can ever ask more from him like as a guy that's a basically a six six center basically uh d'anthony melton i really like d'anthony melton i thought he did a lot more four for eight from the field for 14 points he is a he is a defensive disruptor, like crazy long arms. One of the most active defenders I've seen, and just in in terms of just like constantly getting his hand like it around the ball and just trying to swipe at it, trying to dig it out. Just a really good player, a really good really good trade uh, by the Sixers to basically trade away a first round pick for him. Like really, he's really good. I really like him. Niang. I, I, why do why do the kids love to leave him open for no reason he's basically their best shooter and the, the scouting report should basically say don't ever leave him open plus 21 in a in, in a game where like the all the starters were negative which which is interesting like yeah he was he was good it's just i'm, I'm just saying like why why was he ever open he hit a huge three he, well he hit a series of huge threes and you know it buried the kings um, Paul Reed, I've been hearing a lot of this ab about this guy, about how Doc doesn't play this guy and like he played DeAndre Jordan over him last year. I can see why this dude fouls a lot. <laughs> he, he's still young. He's still trying to figure out, but I don't know. What is he a third year player? I don't know if he's ever going to get the opportunity in Philly. He, he's, 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 he's interesting. He's good. Like four offensive rebounds, like was really active. You know, it just still doesn't really know where to be, it feels like. And, yeah, again, fouls like a motherfucker. So I, I get why, I guess, Doc would be hesitant to play him. Um, Shane Milton, I didn't think he had a good game, but, you know, 15 points, 7 assists, good for him. Like, you know, he, I don't think – I'm just I'm just in the camp, like, I was just thinking he's, he's not really the guy you need to be a winning – to be a winning he's not a guy on a winning team like he, he's he's an all right player but he's not exactly he's he's not good enough really to, to me but you know it is what it is he, he contributed like he seems to always play well against the kings it's just it's just one of those things so good for him um what else do i want to talk about so i guess uh yeah so the kings six game winning streak is over it's a tough loss it's an ugly loss but the Kings have built up a lot of equity here, I think, in this winning streak. They took care of business against a lot of bad teams. And then they took care of business. They, they also like beat a very tough team in the Oklahoma City Thunder on, you know, on the you know, the night before. So they did their job. It's unfortunate that they lost this one, but you know, overall, like the, they took care of business and they've managed to build build themselves a bit of a cushion. So you know, the hope is, of course, you don't want to ever rely on this, but you hope that the Kings don't go on a losing streak after this because the next few games are going to, well, yeah, the next series of games are going to be tough because it's going to be against Memphis at home and then Toronto at home. You know, I think these are winnable games, but then they go on a long, long road trip. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So a seven game road trip all the way till February 8th. So you know, starting with uh, two in Minnesota, that's gonna that that's gonna be an interesting game. I'm very curious about how that game's gonna turn out. But you know, I think um, I think I think the Kings built up a lot of equity here, and you know, they built themselves built themselves a bit of a cushion in terms of like falling out of the plan. They are now uh, five and a half games out of the plan, which you know, that's something. 
Like it's a cushion. Like as long as they don't go on an extended losing streak, they should be fine. But you know, this is a tough loss, and it really it really does show the warts of this Kings team, particularly on defense. And we'll see if there's anything done to you know address that. Like in terms of trades, we saw Daryl Morey, or we saw Monty McManus sitting next to Daryl Morey in in like in the seat in the stand. So maybe they're talking about something. Not much. Not much interests me uh, on the Sixers. So we'll see. We'll see if there's anything to be done there. But you know, overall. Like I'm, I'm, I'm good with the king. I'm good with. I'm still good with the Kings. Like they still, they still came, came to play, but they do need to fix their defense. It, it's bad. So you know, like so overall, it is what it is. You know, like hopefully the Kings take the, the Kings can win like one, one out of the two um, Toronto and Memphis games before they go on the road, and yeah, hopefully they just keep getting better. Okay. Yeah, sorry for kind of the jumbled mess. I'm, I'm, I just watched the game. Still kind of trying to gather my thoughts, but I just wanted to record this just to get, I guess, as authentic of an opinion as possible um, when it comes to, you know, feelings about the game. I'm, I'm trying not to freak out. I don't think, I don't think, I don't think anything, I don't think it's worth of a freak out. It's a, it's a tough team. And I will say one thing about Doc. Doc is not good at coaching stars, but he is always good at coaching as Nate Duncan likes to put it, underman squads. <coughs> like he's always been good at, like I'm, like not not shit players, but like he's really good at like coaching up guys. He's not good at coaching stars, but like uh, against like a Lou Will type, against a Tyrese Maxey type, like a Shake Milton type. When when a Doc Rivers team is undermanned and you know not expected to win. Doc is a Doc is a good coach. It's just that when you get to the championship level, he's not really the guy you want at the helm at all. So, you know, credit to Doc for you know coaching up coaching up these undermanned squad and you know like they have it really shows you like the, the Sixers have a, quite a bit of depth. But I think I think the issue lies with their two stars. So I don't think they're ever going to win a champion. I don't think they're going to win a championship. They could. I don't think they will. But it really does show you, like this, like Doc can pull pull something out of out of the hat, and you know, you know, it's a good game plan they had. Basically, just keep playing, you know, keep playing your game. Like you'll start to get into rhythm, and the Kings will kind of cool down from three, and you can go from there. So, yeah, so give credit to the Sixers team, and they they are a tough team, even though they were missing their two stars. I think it still would have been a close game, even if the if the two of them played, the two stars played. I'll say that. Okay. Well, thank you guys for uh, listening to this one. Uh, Fong should be back next episode. It, it was just, it just so happened he's not free today for this episode either, or this part of the episode either. But he should be back in the next episode. So, yeah, thank you guys for listening to this one. We'll, we'll catch you guys after the Memphis Grizzlies game. <laughs>